Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Right now, we have brothers and sisters and husbands and wives and sons and daughters and mothers and fathers, neighbors, coworkers, friends, people all around us who need that message today. And we need to be willing to share it with them that there is hope in Jesus. And so how do we get to that place? What are some things that we need to keep in mind as we venture out and begin to try to bring in the harvest? Because I believe that you can do it and I believe that you wanna do it. You just have to be nudged a little bit to do it. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. One of the greatest callings a Christian has is to share their faith in Jesus with those who do not yet believe in him. Unfortunately, this is a calling that many Christians struggle to embrace. Why is that? Well, the easy answer is that it makes us uncomfortable. If that is something you can relate to, then today's message is just for you. Pastor Phil is going to share several truths from the scriptures about evangelism, which should help every Christian overcome their fear and encourage them to tell others about Jesus. Please enjoy the message. Now today, we're going to be talking about the topic of evangelism. If you're not a Christian, you may not even know what the word evangelism means. It is actually this concept of sharing a message. That's what an evangelist is. A, a person that shares a message, specifically the message of Jesus Christ. That's what evangelism is. And that's probably one of the things that Christians are the most uncomfortable with today, which is rather unfortunate. I'm reminded of the words that Jesus said in John 16. This is what he said. In this world, you will have trouble. You know what's interesting about that promise that he gives us is that it doesn't matter if you believe in Jesus, you don't believe in Jesus, you believe Jesus was a person, you don't believe Jesus was a person. You believe the Bible is God's word, you believe the Bible is just like any other book. You believe there is a God, you believe that there isn't a God, you believe that all religions go to heaven, or you believe that Christianity is the only way to heaven. No matter what you believe, this verse is true of you because in this world, we all have trouble. In this world, we battle with trying to find purpose. In this world, we deal with shame and guilt. In this world, we're always trying to measure up. In this world, we're trying to figure out how to navigate work situations, relationship dynamics that are at play. In this world, we are trying to deal with a lot of things. And with those things that we are dealing with, often comes trouble. Now, the difference between Christianity and other religions is this, though is that Christianity offers us a person, a savior, who has overcome all of those troubles. Jesus went on to say, but take heart. In other words, don't get discouraged. In other words, don't allow yourself to be depressed. Don't allow anxiety to cripple you. Why? Because Jesus says, I have overcome the world. It's not to say that we still won't deal with problems and there still won't be challenges. There won't be tsunamis, earthquakes, forest fires, pandemics. Those things are definitely going to happen. But what Jesus is saying is that I have actually overcome those challenges. In other words, you don't have to be debilitated by those particular issues that this world brings to your life, brings to your life. Even you don't even have to be overcome by the issues that you bring into your own life. Jesus is saying, I've overcome those things. In other words, I, I can give you hope in the midst of those challenges. I can show you a light that is at the end of that tunnel. And that is an incredible message that our world desperately needs right now. And so here's where I'm going with that. It's not so much that 
I want you to believe that message because I know many of you already do. What I want you to, what I want you to catch today is that that is a message that we need to share with other people. That is a message that we need to get out into the world because nobody disagrees that in this world we will have trouble. But what people don't know and they don't fully understand is that Jesus has overcome the challenges of this world and he can give us purpose in the midst of it. He can give us forgiveness as we're wrestling with guilt. He can give us a place in heaven with, in all, for all of eternity with him. That is what we could have to look forward to. And that is a message that people need to hear in our world now more than ever. In Kansas, there are harvesters, farmers, who are worried about bringing in the harvest this year. And why is that? Well, because of new immigration laws and restrictions that have been put in place because of travel, the workers that they would often have come into the country for six to nine months are not available anymore. And so because those workers aren't available, there is a harvest that is in the field that is not being brought in. Literally, there is going to be a harvest that is going to rot, that is going to be wasted. One farmer said, I'm working from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. and I'm barely touching, I'm barely making a dent into the work that I need to do. Quite literally, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And that is not just true physically, that is true spiritually. The harvest is plentiful. And you have a message, you have a message of hope that our world needs. You have a message about one who has overcome the challenges of this world, who has conquered the grave, who in spite of everything that may, people may go against, he can give them purpose in the midst of that. You have that message and we need to share it but sometimes we don't. And honestly, if I were to evaluate the last few months of my life, I would say I've been a bit too self-focused. I've been a bit too caught up in my own challenges and trying to figure out where Jesus fits in the midst of all of them that I haven't come alongside people the way that I need to. I haven't been sharing with other people that, that message of hope, that message of, of purpose that Jesus can offer us in the midst of what we're going through. But that's not even just a pattern over the last few months. I mean, that's something I've been a bit inconsistent with for several years. I was reminded of this a little while back, a friend of mine, he had been on my heart for some time and uh, I had heard he had been having some, some struggles, battling some addictions specifically. And, and I felt like I needed to reach out to him, but just never got around to it. And what happened? Well, he ended up, having an accidental overdose on heroin, lost his life, and we never got to have that conversation. He would have been open to it. I had shared with him in the past some, but that was a time in his life in which he really needed it, and I didn't share it with him. Right now, we have brothers and sisters and husbands and wives and sons and daughters and mothers and fathers, neighbors, coworkers, friends, people all around us who need that message today and we need to be willing to share it with them that there is hope in Jesus. And so how do we get to that place? What are some things that we need to keep in mind as we venture out and begin to try to bring in the harvest? Because I believe that you can do it and I believe that you want to do it. You just have to be nudged a little bit 
to do it. So what are some things that we need to keep in mind? Well, I want to take you to Acts chapter 1 and, and show you the last words that Jesus offers his disciples before he ascends to heaven. And this is really critical because in essence, what I am saying is what Jesus is going to say to these disciples. He's saying, you've got this message and I need you to go out into the world and share it with people in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outermost regions of the world. And then he gives them some parameters, some directions, some truths specifically to hang on. So let's pick up in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. This is what Jesus says. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Now we need to understand how silly this would have sounded to the disciples. They had spent three years training with Jesus. They had performed miracles themselves. They had seen Jesus perform miracles himself. They had already learned and heard the message that they needed to share with other people. They had seen Jesus die and rise from the grave again. If there was ever a time for them to strike while the iron was hot, it was then. And what does Jesus start with though? He starts with them waiting. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. And specifically, what are they waiting for? Well, they're going to be waiting for God's Holy Spirit, which you have heard me, Jesus, speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And what is Jesus teaching the disciples here as they go out? The first thing that he's teaching them to do is to depend on his spirit and not their strength. The truth that we have to hang on to as we begin to share the gospel with other people, as we begin to share the good news with other people, is that you must trust God's spirit not your strength. In other words, there are things in this life that you can do. You can do a lot of things. You can grow things, start things, develop things. But Jesus said in John 15, he said, but apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's sometimes hard for us to understand, but that's what Jesus is teaching here. And what he's saying is, is that when you go forth, you need to depend on my spirit. In other words, it doesn't all depend on you. It depends on my spirit. Don't depend on your strength. Don't depend only on your knowledge. But my spirit is a major part of all this. And we're going to get to that a little bit further in a little bit more detail in a moment. But what he's saying is, is like, depend on me. Don't depend on yourself. 
Zechariah chapter four, verse six says this. This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. Now, I know some of you like to name your children after people in the Bible. Peter, James, John, those are great names. Zerubbabel, that's a name that just needs to stay in the Bible. Or you might name your dog Zerubbabel, but don't take it much further than that. It's not, he says to him, by force, but by strength. Not nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of the heaven's armies. It's not by your strength, but it's by my spirit, he says there. In other words, you need your spirit to be a part of this to, for this to become what it needs to be. It's kind of like this. When, when I had two children, um, I, I, I didn't drink coffee every day. It, I, and actually, I was trying to cut back. And so I was, cutting, I was drinking coffee in the mornings three or four days a week. But then do you know what happened? I had another child, and then I had another child. And quickly I realized that after four kids, the responsibilities and the exhaustion that goes along with that, I need to drink coffee. In fact, I can't get through my day the way that I need to and do what it is that I need to do without some of that caffeine getting me going in the morning. And that's for a variety of reasons. And that's what Jesus is saying there. He's like, you gotta have your God's spirit a part of you to help you to go out and do what it is that you need to do. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to watch the Last Dance documentary. It it chronicles Michael Jordan's basketball career and really hones in on the 1990s when he won those NBA championships. One of the takeaways that I was able to take from that documentary specifically was that that team would not have won a championship without Michael Jordan. That they wouldn't have accomplished the goal that was set before them if they didn't have him on the team. And we know this to be true because in 1994 he had retired and they, they had a good season. They did some good things. But inevitably they won 55 games lost 27. And then you know what happened? They got beat in the second round of the playoffs. They didn't go any further than that. But when Jesus, when, when Michael Jordan was able to get back on the team and have a full season, they started winning championships again. In fact, three in a row. And here's my point is that without God's spirit or without dependence on his spirit, you might be able to do some good things. You might get some good stuff accomplished but you won't be able to do nearly um, on your own what you could do with God's spirit. And so the challenge for us, Jesus says this, is to wait on God's spirit to lead you going forward to know what to say. And then the text goes on. Then they, the disciples, gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? That was a major question Israelites were asking this day. It's not a question that we're necessarily asking now, but it was a question they were asking then. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. He's saying, I know that you think that this is an important question to ask. And I know that you think that you need to have the answer to this question. But what I'm trying to tell you is, it's like, you don't need to worry about that particular question and that answer right now. Now to the disciples, they would have been absolutely exasperated. What do you mean? When we go to Jerusalem and we talk to people about you, this is what they're going to want to know. Is the kingdom being established? If he's the Messiah, that's what's supposed to happen. And Jesus says, you don't need that answer. And here's the truth that Jesus presents to us is that you need some of the answers, but you don't need all the answers. You need some of the answers, but you don't need every answer to every question that you're going to ask. One of the great fears that people have when it comes to talking to someone about Jesus is that they may get asked a question 
that they don't have an answer to. That somebody might say something to them that they aren't really ready to quite answer. And Jesus is saying that you don't, you don't have to have all the answers. See, often we think that we have to be like Ken Jennings who won 74 consecutive Jeopardies. We think that we have to have all the answers, but we don't need to be like Ken Jennings necessarily. We need to be a little bit more like the man in John chapter 9. In the man in John 9, he had been blind um, for his entire life. And, and with that, what happened is, is, as an adult, he encounters Jesus and Jesus heals him. And so then the religious leaders hear that Jesus has healed this man who was blind and they come to him and they begin to ask him these questions about who Jesus is. And then as they ask him these these questions about who Jesus is, the man really doesn't have any answers. He doesn't have any answers at all. But this is the one answer that he does have. This is what he says to him. And he's rather frustrated at this point. He says, whether he, Jesus, is a sinner or not, I don't know. But the one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see You see, you don't have to have all of the answers to every question that gets presented to you, but you do need to have this kind of an answer. You need to have the answer of how Jesus has changed your life. You see, somebody might be able to argue with you about a certain apologetic that relates to a miracle or relates to the inerrancy of the scripture or even relates to the resurrection, but they can't argue with you about how Jesus has changed your life. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. And you might too say, I, I don't know all the answers to the questions that you're asking, but, but I do know this. I was once riddled with anxiety and now I can actually have a, have a peaceful night's sleep because of how he has changed my life. I was once a person that had no direction in life. I had no basis for making decisions, but then I met Jesus and, and now I have, I have parameters, I have structure and I know how to live my life and he's guiding me through this life. It's better than it ever could have been on my own. You might say, my wife and I, we never thought that we would make it. The way that we were treating each other, we shouldn't have made it, but then Jesus became a priority in our relationship and now our marriage is better than it's ever been. You might say, 
I never knew how, how we could overcome or how we could get through the death, the death of that loved one. You can fill in the blank. Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a spouse, maybe it was a child, maybe it was a friend. I never knew how I could get through that, but, but then I met Jesus and he, and he showed me the way. He showed me the way to get through it. What's your story? How has Jesus changed your life? That is something that no one can ever argue with. And that is an answer that you absolutely have to have. And Peter, he says these words. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give that answer. And why do you have that hope? Well, you have that hope because of how Jesus has changed your life. And you do it with gentleness and respect. You don't have to have an answer to every question, but you do have to have an answer for why it is that you believe and have hope in Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus is teaching these disciples. He's saying, you don't have to have all the answers, you don't have, but you need to know how it is that I have changed your life. And then in verse eight, he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Now, you, you again may not be a Christian and, and, and there again, I, I'm so grateful that you're listening to this because what I want you to catch in this is, is, is why it is that a Christian needs to share this good news. Why it is so critical that Christians share their faith with other people. And we have to understand as a Christian that we're called to be witnesses. Now, one of the things that we think that we are called to be is a convincer, but that's not our job. Our job is to be a witness. And the third truth that Jesus presents to us is you must be a witness, not a convincer. Now, in a, in a court of law, in a court of law, you understand how this works. A witness walks into the court, they go up to the stand, they deliver their testimony. Do you know what their testimony is? It's their experience and, and it's the facts of the situation that they saw. You're not up there to share your opinions or your thoughts, any of that. Because as soon as you do, the, as soon as you do, the prosecutor raises his hand and says, um, he says, sustain, the prosecutor raises his hand and says, objection. And then the judge says, sustained, because he doesn't want you to share your opinions. He wants you to share your experience, the facts of the situation, and that's it. And if you can imagine what Jesus is describing to us here as a witness, what he is describing is essentially this, that ju the judge is God. You are the witness at the stand. The person on trial, you know who that is? That's Jesus. The defendant, the defendant, uh, the attorney for Jesus is the Holy Spirit. This is what John 15 says. When the advocate comes, when Jesus' attorney comes, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the one who is defending Jesus, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father. He will testify about me. He's the one who's going to do the convincing. You just have to be the witness. You know who the prosecutor is? Prosecutor is the devil. And he is spewing lies. And he's making accusations that are false. And do you know who the jury is? The jury is those people in your life that you love who don't believe in Jesus. The jury might even be you if you don't believe in Jesus. And your job in that moment is just to share the facts of the situation. And that's it. You don't have to convince them. Sometime back, I was, uh, had a great honor of being the best man in a friend of mine's wedding. 
and he had friends from the East Coast because he had graduated from Cornell University, a part of this wedding party as well. And so one of the men in particular was from New York, and, and you know how you used guys can be. If you're from New York, you know how used guys can be. Well, he was exactly like that. He was argumentative as it gets, as stubborn as it gets. But through the course of a few days, we talked about a variety of subjects. One of them was Jesus. And so we went back and forth, back and forth. He didn't believe. And so I I shared different perspectives and thoughts and I shared my story with him. But the last comment he made to me was the one that I'll never forget. He said, I just don't understand how Christianity is any different than other religions in the world. And honestly, that's an easy answer for for me to share. And so I said back to him, I said, well, I understand what you're saying. And I know why it is that it seems that way. But the answer is grace. It's forgiveness. You see, all the other religions in the world, they're based on your merit. But Christianity is based on Jesus' merit. In other words, all of the other religions in the world, they're based on your righteousness. But Christianity, it's based on His righteousness. And because we have fallen short, do you know what that means? That means that we get grace and forgiveness because we de- we receive what he deserved and he received unfortunately what we deserved which was death now did he come to believe in that moment no not that i know of i'm not exactly sure where he's even at from well unfortunately we have to bring today's message to a close but my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.